So one year ago today, Jen and I posted the announcement there on Facebook that uh, we just signed the, the dotted line contract on the house, sold the house, and moved out. Started this journey that we've been on for the last seven months. We took a few months to kind of get prepared for it, had to find the RV, but it has been an entire year, and so we thought it'd be a lot of fun today here on the Roadcast just to be able to reminisce, look back at the past year, the last seven months, share with you what's happened in Illinois and in Iowa, and so you know the rules of the Roadcast are simple. We go 30 minutes, there's no stops, no edits. Whatever happens on the road, happens on the road, and so are you ready to go? Tonight, today's, tonight, today's might be a little longer than usual, but I think you'll enjoy it, and so rock and roll. Are you ready, babe? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Except for I don't have a way to now do time. You know what? I don't have a way to do time. Oh, right okay, perfect. So, <laughs> there you go. So anyway, uh, we're cruising down from Springfield, Illinois, on our way into St. Louis, Missouri. And yep. we're going to be at Harvest Church, which is uh, in Pontoon Beach. Mm -hmm. uh, actually in Illinois, but right there, it's, uh, St. Louis is like Missouri and Illinois. It just kind of crosses back and forth together. And I'm wearing purposefully my Atlanta Braves hat <laughs> as we roll into St. Louis. So I'm sure that there's somebody in St. Louis that might find that offensive until they realize that, hey, they won a World Series before we did. So anyway, <laughs> so looking forward to it. We just had a awesome um, last two weeks of ministry. Yeah. I mean, we, we've come through Iowa and through Illinois and Iowa. We are at New Journey Church with Dave and Sarah Woodcock, which are dear friends of ours. And just uh, really what we saw in Iowa, it's unreal, wasn't it, babe? Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was incredible. It really was. Nine services in like uh, seven, seven days, days. Over the course of seven days, yeah. six churches coming together. We were in three separate churches, uh, but saw some signs, wonders, miracles. Uh, we saw salvations, a lot of repentance, something really significant happening in Iowa. And uh, I feel like uh, that's one of those areas that one thing that we haven't really shared, people have asked you, okay, what are you doing this year? And then what are you going to do into next year is part of this year has been reconnaissance. It's like we're spying out the land, the north, the south, the east, the west. Where are the spots that we see that God really has his finger on and at the same time we feel a favor and a grace to work with? And Iowa is one of those, and so I believe that we will be pouring ourselves. I like that. The guy just passed me. Yeah, he totally scared me. Like right on the median. Yes. Um, I feel like a real grace to be able to work with, and so we're going to pour several months of 2018 into Iowa, into something that I believe we're going to call the Ignite Project or Ignite Iowa. Jenna, Jenna felt that name. And so just a lot of neat things that are coming together there. And so those of you that were with us in Iowa that are watching this, we are going to be back and we're looking at the spring and uh, probably spend two or three months there going church to church, person to person, city to city. I believe we can see an awakening spark in the nation. And why not let it start in the heart of Heartland? Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. I'm excited about it. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're full of a lot of words today. Well, I, well, I sorry. You've been talking. I don't know what you want me to do. Um, we rolled out of Iowa and came to Illinois where we were at Calvary Church in Carthage. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell everybody about Carthage. Uh, Carthage was, it started off with a really cool story with Pastor James who woke up in the middle of the night and the Lord told him to call Daniel Norris. And he didn't know you, never heard of you. 
Googled you and found out you were a baseball player. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. I pitched for the Detroit Tigers. And so then he decided to add the word preacher or pastor or something like that along those lines um, to your name and found you, found what you were doing and contacted you. So that in and of itself, I think is pretty cool that the Lord totally or orchestrated that trip and um, brought us to Carthage for an incredible weekend with pastors James and Debbie Cowan, or sorry, James and Peggy Cowan and, um, and their family that we got to meet and um, just really cool real, things happening. Real awesome praying church. Yes. He came yes. to Carthage because the Lord assigned him there, told him to go to Carthage and you know, he's got an evangelist heart. They've raised up a house that knows how to pray. When I got there, went up into the prayer room, and it was roaring in prayer. Yeah, it was. You could hear it throughout the entire church. And we saw Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, just real powerful. Mark times, the presence of the Lord, so awesome in the house. Sunday morning, there was a guy there. He's in a Harley-Davidson uh, T-shirt, um, you know, had that look on his face and just his body that said that he's been running from the Lord for years and uh, you know has had a hard life over the last couple of years and was sitting on the second row and I gave the gave the altar call that morning several people responded but there were several that did not and he was one of those he just sat there but with tears welling up in his eyes and I felt like an unusual grace in that service to go and confront people face to face in, or, in other words to take the message from the pulpit and actually get down um, there face to face with them. He's the first one that I went to. Didn't take much more than me just looking him in the eye with love and welcoming him to the altar. I think he just didn't think that he could. Yeah. And he came down, knelt with me, and just broke. The Spirit of the Lord consumed him. He just began to weep. Um, saw that happen throughout. We, we got the entire church up in the altar, one holdout in the very, very back that just did not want to move. Finally moved to humor me, I guess. But um, as, as soon as I walked away from him, he went right back to his seat. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why we're so stuck. We see the Spirit of the Lord moving, but yet we're so used to what we're used to yeah. that we choose to remain stuck in it. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's where the church has been for far too long. It's just been used to being stuck. Yep. And so that's what we're called to do. We're called to unstick. To unstick. To activate is what we're That's it. Activate. Ignite into activate. Activate. And that's that's it. Yep. So uh, really two powerful, incredible weeks from Iowa here to Illinois and now into Missouri and from there, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, up to Michigan. Yep. And so here in those states, we're looking forward to seeing you. Uh, yes. It's, it's going to be powerful in the next couple of weeks. God has been so wonderfully blessing everything that's been happening it just really feels like it's been increasing hasn't it? it it has and you know i i think it was neat that iowa was kind of smack in the middle of our year yep. you know because sometimes when you sit on a, on an adventure or you 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 walk in obedience or you step out in faith in something you know there's moments where it gets difficult and you're like okay is is anything happening you know what are we doing are we making a difference are we are we fulfilling what god has called us to do and then you have you know those moments where just God just totally kisses it, and it's just—it's reassuring and confirming to us that you know we're still doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's still the right timing yeah. and everything. And then you know, just giving you that extra push to continue on. You know, 
Um, do you have any doubts? Do I have any doubts yeah. about what we're doing? Yeah. No, absolutely not. No, I've, I've actually never had any doubts about what, what this year was all about. doesn't mean that it's been easy all the time, but I've never had any doubt about it. The assignment's been real clear. It has. And it has. the way has been made. You know, a lot of people ask because they feel God asking them to do something dramatic. You know, we did something dramatic. We did. God's, God may not be asking you to sell everything that you have, you know, and, and to hit the road. But I, I've learned this. If God speaks, he confirms it. And part of the confirming is to watch the path unfold ahead of you. Right. If that path is not unfolding, if you don't feel a grace to walk that, if you feel like you're constantly being fought left and right, and you can't take a step forward, it's possible that you misjudged what you were hearing. Or you're too focused on where you're trying to put your feet. Yeah. That you, you lose sight of the one who orders your steps. Yes. That's something the Lord spoke to me a couple of weeks ago. To not just, when you walk in faith, you don't walk in faith looking down and figuring out where your feet go. You walk in faith looking up because he's the one that's called you. He's the one that's prepared the way. And so you trust him and where he leads, you follow and you don't have to worry about where you place your feet because it's always going to be in the right place. No clearer example of that than when Peter steps out of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The moment that he took his eyes off Jesus, where he was going yep. and looked at his feet, which is where he was standing, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the next step. He sunk. Yep. There's a message in that, isn't it? Yep. I think we should write a blog. About that. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's the next one coming up. Yeah. You're going to love that one. Yeah. So. Shout out to my friend June gave me that title in Carthage, Iowa. Way to go, June. That was awesome. So, um, while we were in Carthage, I found out that praying John Hyde was buried there in Carthage. He died in 1912. Awesome story. A man who prayed in revival in Basilicat, India, which today is in Pakistan. A revival that that nobody's ever heard of uh, took place there in Basilicat in which thousands were born into the kingdom. His life literally touched millions by the time he was 46 years old. I'm thinking about that because that's just five years ahead of where I'm at right now. He'd already reached millions around the world with his life and he did it through a burden of prayer. And there's no other way to come into revival than but by prayer. And there wasn't social media. No. There wasn't, you know, modern technology to get the message out. It was just like you said, that burden of prayer. Just like today what we've done is we're relying more on the tools that we have at our disposal and that's become, you know, the the crutch instead of just a tool that we then add to the thing that there's only one way to do ministry. Yeah. It's never changed. It's going to be get a burden from the Lord, you know, that happens in the prayer closet, get an assignment in the prayer closet and then to go out and to use your voice. Yeah. And the tools... It's social media and, you know, it's it's the, the buildings and the stages and the platforms and all the things that we have. That's just simply the tool. But what we've done is we focus so heavily on the tool that we've lost sight of the heart of all of it. Right. But uh, John Hyde had that. And it was such an honor to be able to visit his grave with Pastor James. That video is up on the site right now. So trailoffire.org, I would encourage you to check that out and then yeah. share it. You will love that story. It's got fire on it. It does. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, from there, we're headed from Carthage. We're coming into Springfield because mm-hmm. we wanted to spend a day uh, where Lincoln was buried and to visit kind of like the Lincoln Presidential Library. And we drive right past the graveyard in which Peter Cartwright is buried. 
Did you know that name? I did not know that name. I was like, you were you were going Peter Cartwright, Peter Cartwright. I'm like, who is Peter Cartwright? I had no idea what you were talking about. So, Peter Cartwright was a revivalist in the Second Great Awakening. In fact, he was a teenager during Cambridge, and so mightily impacted that you know he was used to fan the the fires of revival throughout Kentucky and Illinois, and it kind of as the United States pressed out to the West. They called him America's Plowman. It's a good name. That is a good name. Uh, <laughs> Levi Lutz uh, saw that and said, man, what an epitaph to be written upon yeah. your grave. America's Plowman. And so we stopped off there. We, we posted a video on the Facebook, which you certainly can check that out. It's just kind of neat because here we are circuit riding. He was a circuit rider. He was. And, you know, he did it by horse. We're doing it with Blaze. But there's Blaze parked there right outside of the cemetery. You can hear it in the background. And we're just sharing the story and honoring the life legacy of Peter Cartwright. Yeah. And then we come to uh, Springfield, which is where Abraham Lincoln is buried, mm -hmm. as well as the Lincoln Presidential Library. What do you think about that? What did the kids think about it? Oh, I thought it was really neat. I, I'm really, I told you that I was really looking forward to this next leg of our journey because we're going to be able to see so many places and visit so many sites of not only historical moves of God, but historical places for our nation and the founding of our nation. And um, so I thought it was really cool that we were able to go and, and, and visit not only the museum, which really told a great story about his life from when he was a boy all the way into the White House and, and beyond, um, well, I guess just the White House, um, and then visiting his home that he and Mary bought as a family. It's the only home he ever owned. You know, and three of his children were, were born there and grew up, you know. So it was just, it was just really neat to, to really go back in time and, and know that the person's house that you're standing in truly made history. You know, you're standing in the same living room. You're standing in the, the parlor room where the, they came in and asked him if he would run to be the nominee for the, for the Republican Party. For president you know and where he spent four days talking through and thinking about the decision and coming to the place of saying yes that's something I would do it's just really neat yeah a real humble man from humble beginnings self-educated yeah the hand of God on him for a time in America where someone like that was needed yeah he was genuinely needed a humble man a holy man who truly revered the Lord and was raised up for such a time as that. Yeah. You know, the thing that marked my time there in the library was over and over again was hearing Abraham Lincoln say, in his own words, uh, a kingdom, a house, the, divided. a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah, when I was that, that was a part of his campaign. That was a part of his presidency. It marked his life. And here's a president that believes so strongly in the Union, that believes so strongly in the United States, that he did, he did the impossible, and that was to fight for that Union and unity um, and equality for all men. Yeah. And so, you know, without a doubt, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, probably the two most pivotal presidents in the United States, Thomas Jefferson, probably, you know, man, another one of my favorite founders. Uh, those those three really marked our nation in a, in a powerful way. And so right. 
it is going to be neat just kind of to see that journey now from here into Washington. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to do that. It will be cool. And we went to the grave. I didn't realize you got to go in. To oh, I, I did not. <laughs> yeah, you, that was... That was different, right? It was very I was, different. I saw somebody open the door and come out, and I was like, oh, wow. You, yeah. you can go in. <laughs> yeah. So we step in, and I wasn't expecting to be greeted. No. By two people that were there waiting for us in the in the entrance. Yep. And then to be able to walk in and basically just see the, the monument that's been left there, the shrine really to his life and the family and legacy um, there inside of that. I, I really probably enjoyed that even more than the Lincoln Memorial in Washington. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So just really neat to see. And so anyway. And the kids enjoyed it too. Yes. I mean, I, I pulled out pennies for the boys. So they had coins the whole time. I wonder why they were walking around with pennies. Yeah, because they had Abraham Lincoln's face on it. Yes. So I was trying to help them understand who Abraham Lincoln was. Little little secret here. <laughs> Somebody had to ask. I did. <laughs> it's well, been so long since. You think it's been so long since we since you handled. Uh, well, no, I, I look at coins all the time because the kids want, you know, the boys always want to have them. But it's just one of those things that you just, because you just. You learned it so long ago, you just kind of go through it that you, <laughs> you, you take it for granted. And then I'm like, oh, Which, he is on the penny, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. And Washington is on the quarter. Okay, got it. I got it. Yeah, so sorry. That's we cool. have moments like we that. We have moments. We have moments. <laughs> but it was neat because the boys got to see, you know, Abraham Lincoln on the, the penny and walking through and you know Rhea um, I, I believe this next year is going to learn a lot about American history and the founding of our nation she did a little bit in history class this year but I think it'll be really cool for her to be able to really yeah. and then it was very I think at the same time for her it was very real well it certainly brings history to life and they do a great job at the President's Library they absolutely library. do they, they've got one room where the ghosts of the library come well, speak to you yeah that was at the museum in, yeah, in the museum. Yeah. Um, it's really neat the way they do that. It, it was. And so, because I, I she's was like, heard for a moment, I was like, things. man, are we in Disney? No, yeah, exactly. It, That's it how was, well done it is. It was. It was very, it was very, very cool. Very so, cool. very, very cool. Yeah. So, it's been what? Seven months? It has. 11,000 miles, 29 <laughs> states. Yep, about to be 29. Yep. Whew. I know we've done a lot in seven, like it's hard to think that it's just been seven months because, I mean, I, I I could try to sit down and figure out how many times we've moved in seven months, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that I would still come short. Steve used to always wear it as a badge of honor. I've moved 29 times <laughs> in, in, in my life and I'm like, done it in a year. In three months. <laughs> yeah, done it. Not, not, not so bad. Months, not so bad. I, I posted today in a uh, in an RV fam, full time families forum, a picture of Blaze from above, which I think is on Facebook as well. Um, and I wrote, "Don't forget your why." Yeah. You know, there, there's a reason why you walked away from the sticks and the bricks home, abandoned a failed, broken public school system. Um, you know, there's a reason why you did the unconventional and that's because instead of waiting for someday you chose to live your dream now and regardless of what that is for us it's this and right now right but we didn't wait on it we didn't delay on it we moved right. with it and a year ago you know I remember sitting in that closing office which seems forever ago it really does sitting in the closing office and you know a few times really thinking through am I really going to do this 
fact, the other family that was buying our home, as well as both real estate agents, were concerned <laughs> that I was not going to sign. Yeah. Um, it's because, you know, you just carry the weight. Of, it's a big decision. Of the decision of what you're about to yeah. do, you know, yeah. and the step that you're about to take. Yeah. And so um, we, uh, we said yes to that. Did. A year ago. We did. And now it's been 11,000 miles. I'm just going to take a look back at the road so far. You know, um, I, I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk a little bit about what we've learned. I mean, I know we did a little bit of that before, but, you know, here we are now seven months in. What have we learned? Uh, what have we seen? What have we enjoyed? What are some of the things that, you know, are frustrating? Some of the things that people don't ever talk about? Because, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of people asking about living life on the road. There's a lot of people make it sound like it's glamorous and glorious. But there's, right. there's a lot of other things that go along with that that you know take a little bit of the glamour and the glory out. And so we thought it'd be fun kind of to, to take just a few moments and, and talk about some of that as well. But yeah. let's do this first. Just kind of like looking back over the last year. You know, taking it to an entire year because what we did is we sold in the end of July. So coming into August, it took us two weeks to get moved out. So we were at this point in time, we began the process of moving out of the house yep. and then positioning ourselves to get the family, get Ray enrolled into homeschool, yep. move to South Carolina to kind of, because that's where we we're going to start the journey at, find an RV, yep. which we found in October. Yep. So, um, you know, what, what's been your thoughts, reflections over the last seven months or year? Sorry. Um. I don't know that I've ever, that I've had the moment to just really um, sit and think about that, you know, but now seems appropriate to do that. Um, I think for me, the, when I just, the initial thing that when I sit down and think about it is like, wow, we've done a lot in a year. There's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of um, shifting things. There's been a lot of what well, changes just the I guess changes the word you know because we moved from Texas and then we stayed with my mom for a little bit and then we moved from there and went to South Carolina and stayed there for a little bit and then we moved again when we got the coach you know and then we moved you know on a weekly basis sometimes more than once a week you know for the last seven months so I think that that when you talk about having roots it, it kind of feels like we don't have that, but we have very strong roots at the same time. And what I mean is like, you know, no, we don't have this one single place that we call home, meaning that's stationary. And when people think of home, they think of something that's stationary and that's, you know, that's where you go to all this, you know, but home, home for us is where our family is. And for right now, that's a motor coach on yeah. the road. Well, it, it, maybe it makes home more defined it, yeah I think yeah because it can be real it can be really easy to turn home into the place that you lock the door you know right instead of the family that you're with right and you know um, the uh, the neat thing about what we've been able to do is everywhere we go we've made that home <laughs> yes and you know, you know obviously what we do is ministry and we work with churches and so that that, that lends itself really well to an itinerant and traveling lifestyle. But one thing that I've really noticed this year is 
when we come to a city, we're literally in that city and that city becomes home. It's true. And it changes the nature of ministry. It does. Um, you know, here, let me upset some evangelists that are out there. <laughs> the, the idea of living in one location and then you flying in for a weekend and then flying back out and calling that evangelism, rethink that. Seriously, rethink that. Um, you know, if, if the only people that you've saved this last year came because you preached behind the pulpit, maybe time to stop calling yourself an evangelist. Yeah. Uh, there, there really is something to be said for coming alongside and working with a church and a pastor and to be able to come and literally move into the city and be there for the entire time and to serve the church, not for the church to serve you. I had a pat like James, uh, Pastor James here in Carthage. He's like, I feel like we're not doing enough for you. <laughs> I said, you got this wrong. I didn't come for you to serve us. We came no, to serve you. Absolutely. absolutely. And we're there. We didn't come to be a burden. And so we come with our family and there's no stress in the process of, you know, I've got to get back home. So I've just come here for this weekend to speak a few times and then fly out. I don't know what that is. We've called that ministry for food. It's for a lot, but it's time we change that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I'm not saying do what we're doing. I'm just saying rethink the way you do what you do. Right. And stop adopting a broken model that has not been producing awakening in the nation. But yet we continue to put it on repeat week after week, month after month, year after year, and call it ministry. I think we're wasting time, finance, and resources, and everything in the process. All right. <laughs> I'll calm down. But, but, but I think you hear the passion in that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and at the same time, you know, because we do come into a city and, it's, and we call that home, we're at the grocery stores. I'm at the laundromat. Um... You know, we're, we're, we're out to eat with the pastor or, you know, whatever like that. So we, we really do make that home. And I have found it easier for myself to take a moment and see people. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't just kind of come in and out, in and out, in and out because I'm busy with everyday life. But I really see people. And even in Iowa, I had a couple opportunities, like just really random divine opportunities of just sharing what it is that we're doing. And inviting people out to the meetings. Now, I don't know if that they came. I mean, I looked um, and I didn't see them, but that doesn't mean they won't come, you know, and, and visit the church again or, or be a part of the church. But, you know, I, I found myself more uh, sharing in that realm and even the kids, too. Yes. Oh, they're constant <laughs> with it. <laughs> All the time, you know, I mean. But that's something to be, what we've done is we've turned yeah. that city into home. Yeah. Which you don't get that when you're on vacation. No, you don't. You know, and, and you don't get that. I didn't get that. You know, I feel like I've, I've probably prayed with more people outside of the four walls of the church this year than I did in the previous years. Right. Yeah. And the reason is, is because we've taken time literally to be in and to be with the city and to genuinely love the people. Yeah. And to have the time to be able to do that. And so for us, it has been incredibly rewarding and in just getting to see our nation, getting to see our land. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the why you do this. You know, that's why people have, have adopted that that full-time RV lifestyle. Right. And there's a lot of them out there. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and it's <laughs> continuing to grow. It's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cult. Um, at least it feels borderline like that. But it is a hard, 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 uh, hard-connected community. Yeah. And the reason is, is because you get to genuinely experience life. Yeah. With one another. Yeah. 
and it's so cool. It is really, it's really cool. It's really cool. So, what are some, uh, some frustrations in the last year? Some things that people don't ever talk about when they. Um. Well, obviously, space can be a frustrating thing. Sometimes, you know, we try to be outside and do a lot of things out see the city and be a part of the city. So that frustration actually became a positive. It did. It absolutely did. It absolutely did. Um, I like to cook and bake. Ray and I both like to do that together. But it's really hard to do that on the scale that we really like to do it on, you know, from scratch in, <laughs> in a very small, limited space with a very small, limited uh, oven, you know, and things like that. Um, that, that That's that's kind of stinky sometimes, you know, because we don't get to do that and do it together. Um, but uh, when we were in Knoxville, Iowa, Sarah was so kind that when Rhea came over, she had a couple little baking projects they did together, and and they they hung out while Dad and I did a couple of different things in the ah, town. Anniversary date. Yeah, we did have an anniversary. Thanks, Sarah. Um, you know, but that was just that was neat. Um, and it's been really cool too to just see little God moments for our kids. Um, Ray has been wanting to ride horses forever. I mean, she always. I mean, I don't even know where she gets the idea of like let's go ride horses, but something that she's just been wanting to do, and that's not just something that you say, okay, let's go do, you know. And we would see them at the different national parks where you could do horseback riding, and it was all adults and things like that. So just wasn't really an opportunity and then when we were in Iowa um, Sarah's dad who's, who owns it, has a farm and has friends that have horses before we're leaving their home he says how was your little how would your little girl like to go ride horses now he didn't know right at all made her day though that that she wanted it was never even a topic of conversation it was just like a whim thing but that was a god moment for Rhea and for us to be able to sit down and say, Rhea, do you realize how much Jesus knows your heart, knows what you want to do, and he made a way for something as simple as riding a horse, you know, but she had a blast that she day, blast. you know, so that, those, those things, so you have those, what may look like a negative, but you, it does always turn into the positive. It just creates an opportunity for you to think differently. It does. And maybe that's the big, you know, because when I see a lot of people asking questions about like living full-time on the road or living you know like a mobile lifestyle you know it's something a bit unconventional people will immediately start coming up with all the issues and all the problems well, all those really do is they give you an opportunity to think creatively you know and, and to overcome those and see life a bit differently yeah. and change your perspective which has been really neat to watch yes um you know i honestly for me it's just been such a godsend and a blessing to have my family with me every single day um, and finish up ministry and be able to go home and you know snuggle with the kids and, and you know be in bed with my wife instead of being in a hotel room somewhere waiting for the either the next ministry opportunity to come home or you know to jump onto a plane and, and fly home so for me you know I, it's somewhere to ask what are the frustrations or anything like that I don't have any, you know, and even in the things that break down on the, you know, in, in the process of traveling, because, you know, you, you've got your home and it's on wheels and it's traveling down the interstate right now at 60 miles an hour on Route 66, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 
back on Route 66. And, uh, uh, hello. <laughs> Had to happen sooner or later. We crossed the 30 minute mark anyway, see, so usually we'd already turned the camera off by now. You've done figured out the secret that we can control, we can get the kids to be quiet for half an hour, and, and then that's about it. Um, you know, it's, even the little things that come up, it's fun to figure I've turned it into my rolling hobby in this way. <laughs> you got to look at it. It's just your rolling hobby. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. People say, well, they're always breaking down or, you know, you always have this problem or that problem. The refrigerator busts. And by the way, we got a brand new refrigerator. Yes, it's awesome. Awesome. So <laughs> I'll post a video of us putting that one in for you to be able to watch. I know I keep saying that I'll put these videos up and I have them. I just haven't put them up yet. Because yeah. part of me seen. wonders whether or not you'd even be interested in seeing it. That really, that's, that's what I think. Um, and so, but it has been awesome being able to have yeah. a real refrigerator. It, yeah, it's really, it's really nice. <laughs> it's a, it's not, it's not an RV refrigerator. It's a full no, size it's nice. um, residential, residential refrigerator. And yeah. so I've got ice cream in there. Yeah. You were like, go buy ice cream just yes. because we have a freezer to put it in. Ice cream. I'm like, I love okay. It's been awesome. Yes. Yes. So. I think um, just to go back on what you're talking about and just some of the things that look like negatives and are turning out positives I think one of the big things for us as a family is is being away from family yeah that's I mean you can't get that one is huge that's a big and and our friends our community that we did life with on a consistent basis you know we'd always have people over at our house I was always cooking and you know so those kinds of things have been a hard adjustment but on the flip side we have met so many incredible people on our journey our both in and out expanded. of the church you know and so we have gained yeah we have we have gained our, community. Our community has expanded across the nation the kids now can say they have met people in 29 states of the United States right now and Rhea keeps up with some some of the girls that she's met across from Georgia all the way to Hawaii you know and so those things are those things are cool um it would be cool if we had a little caravan though just it as would a be, side note it, it, it would be, be very be cool quite nice it would be very cool i can imagine like um you know oh man uh think like a class b or class c rv pulling like a little palomino or a little small airstream yeah you know yeah. with like three or four people per yeah. You know, have yeah. an entire team of people that you can do life with. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be awesome. You know, imagine <laughs> doing like a three-month little tour. Yes. With, with the Norris family yes. on the Trail of Fire. Yes. Um, being able to touch lives, you know, strategically around the United States. Yep. Get to see some awesome things. And, yep. You know, maybe it lasts three months for you. Maybe six months. Maybe nine months. Maybe a year. I'm just saying We're that just would saying. be, be kind of cool. It would be cool. Um, <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? It would be way cool. The the Trello Fire Gypsy Tour. So anyway, there's some people that just got heartburn. <laughs> they hear us <laughs> dreaming like that. Other people that got really excited. And they're like, yeah. sign me up. If you're a sign me up person, you should contact us. She has a message, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, I don't know that I've seen anybody do that. No, you, I, I don't. No, I don't think so. I mean, of all the little RV 
families and family blogs and it's there's, there's the one single unit there. yeah yeah can't i've seen anybody do like the gypsy tour yeah. or the circuit rider tour the circuit riders there we go that's a better that's a better uh, circuit riders yeah, connotation there's already a ministry kind of called the circuit riders based uh with uh, mark uh, casto mm -hmm. but hey mark just saying <laughs> just saying you know i know that thing in salute is pretty cool uh, so is this <laughs> <laughs> and we're all working for the kingdom so it's way cool way so cool. anyway it has been what 30 37 minutes yep i shouldn't look down i do that and i drift to the left yeah please don't do that <laughs> and um anyway wow one year been a great one year one year one year here the, the reason why we do these road blogs is because there's some of you know some of you guys you, you whether you're listening to it by way of podcast or on youtube or on the trailer fire site however it is that you found it you know you you care enough to just kind of peek in on what we're doing and, and, and be a part of this and we feel that yes we do we do feel that we do. we do feel like we are not alone we feel like this is community and this is this is us you're here to hear Chase yes. scream in the background as he's getting mad at Rhea and, and Kate. You know, at the same time, we get to celebrate life and community and all the things that we've seen. With you know, you're helping us touch lives. Yeah. And so, you know, thank you for for making this a part of your journey and being a part of ours. Yes. And for those of you that are in the 300, I can't say thank you enough. We've got postcards coming your way. Yes, very cool ones. Yep, we're getting ready to send you postcards from all around the unit. Up and sh yep. Keep that a secret. Yes. <laughs> but we'd be expecting something from us in the yes. next next yes. few days. And so uh, I can't say this enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Uh, thank you for being a part. Um, we will catch back up with you, I guess, sometime after Missouri, maybe in Indiana. We've got a lot of cool other things that we're going to get to do along the way. I'm excited about this next part of the journey. Uh, I, we are getting back into familiar territory, but we're getting into some real historical places as well. Yeah. So this is going to be really awesome. Yeah. So. Until next time. Until next time. Get your kicks on Route 66. <laughs>